Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. Inspiring conversations with ordinary people, leading extraordinary lives. I'm Janine, and I hope you find today's conversation with Rebecca Pauline and Jenny Badger truly inspiring. It turns out that my previous chat with Lavinia Melioko was just the beginning of a series of conversations on cancer, particularly breast cancer. This episode is a two-part conversation, starting with Rebecca Pauline's diagnosis of breast cancer and her journey. The second half is with Jenny Badger, who has set up an excellent cancer support website. As you may recall, Lavinia had decided that the best course of action for her was chemo and radiation. Rebecca decided on a different course for herself, although there are many similarities in the self-care choices both women made. I thought it would be insightful to share different choices that have had positive outcomes. There is no one-size-fits-all set of treatments, and the decisions that need to be made can be very difficult and scary. In 2007, at age 47, Rebecca found a lump in her breast during a self-examination and felt instinctively that it was a cancerous tumor. She had a needle biopsy, which confirmed the presence of cancer. The procedure was painfully invasive, and it seemed to her that the tumor increased in size afterwards. After receiving the diagnosis, Rebecca's husband, Gary, found a clinic in Hawaii which offered Gerson therapy. She was attracted to the strict protocols and felt she could follow the rigorous program. I will let Rebecca explain why she chose Gerson therapy, what was involved, and what else she did to support her healing. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Janine. I'm really happy you asked me to be a part of this podcast. I'm excited. Well, so am I. I'm so grateful that you accepted. I really appreciate your willingness to share your journey. It's not an easy subject to talk about. Sure isn't. And, you know, the more we talk about it, um, it just brings so much health to other people needing to talk about their story. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important to share. We all have stories to share and we can all help each other out. Now, you had shared with me that you don't exactly remember now what the exact diagnosis was, but what do you remember about your diagnosis? I remember that it was aggressive and it was uh, diagnosed with something called triple negative and it's, it's quite um, rare. Mm -hmm. And so it was scary. Let's just put it that way. I was very, um, it's alarming to be diagnosed with breast cancer. And when you see the words aggressive, it, it felt, um, well, yeah, it's frightening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as I was preparing for our conversation, I realized that both you and Lavinia had the same diagnosis. So I think that's pretty interesting that you both had a rare diagnosis and you both chose different courses of action. Yeah, very interesting. So start where you want in your story and your journey. Well, I think just in thinking about um, Lavinia, I was thinking that um, I, I think all the, the factors that led to 
my body developing breast cancer mm-hmm. um, are so particular to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anybody has the same um, story. Right. And and so my healing journey as it, as it's unfolded has become equally as unique, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and at the time when I was diagnosed, um, as I was sharing with you yesterday, that I, I still can't remember why I decided that I wasn't going for chemo and radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was diagnosed uh, 20 years ago, more than that, actually. And she uh, chose chemo and radiation. And that was painful to watch her... Um, her outcomes mm-hmm. that was really difficult and i think i had made a promise to myself that i would never do that okay and that's all i can say is that that determination to um trust my body's healing mm-hmm. and i can't say i always felt that way through the whole process but i held on to that and when gary found the gerson therapy um i was attracted to it because i actually have a german background mm-hmm. and and something about it just i just thought i can do this mm-hmm. it's so strict and and so um itemized in its protocol that i felt i can do this i i can i trusted mm-hmm. it can you give us a little uh summary or a little explanation of what it involves and what you went through while you were doing it sure um it's quite a rig- rigorous cleansing um nourishing diet, no salt, basically no protein, no sugar, vegetables is really what the the diet is. It's multiple carrot juices and multiple green juices fresh all throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Every hour I'm drinking a green juice or a carrot juice, three coffee enemas a day Mm -hmm. and B12 shots various supplements, and all of this is under the strict guidance of a naturopath trained in Gerson therapy. That's very important to share. So it sounds like you have to have a juicer, and you have to find a naturopath who is schooled in the Gerson therapy. Absolutely. And and you have to have access to organic vegetables Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on mass. Um, so, So you have to have the time to do all of these Mm. things, three animals, making juice with all the protocols. I feel like it just took all day (laughs) to do all. Well, you know, that's an important consideration because someone who may have a full-time job that they, they need to, for various reasons, they need to stay with, it might be very difficult to do something like this or probably would be very difficult. Absolutely. And because I live on an organic farm, we have an organic farm here. um, I had unlimited access to carrots, uh, unlimited access to all the vegetables. I felt very fortunate and and, uh, that I was able to care for myself the way I Mm -hmm. did. Now, it sounds like fruit is not allowed. Some fruit, apples, Not high in fruit, no. Mm -hmm. But at least you can have some. I was going to say, well, because you did this for two years, right? Yes, I did. Be hard to not have fruit for two years. (laughs) Oh, and it was very hard not to have salt. Mm -hmm. I found that to be difficult. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. So along with that, I did 
acupuncture. Mm-hmm. We had ceremony around healing prayer services, mm-hmm. um, you know, pre and perinatal therapy, cranial sacral. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you name it. I, I read and I listened and I, Partway through the process, I came to um, start practicing kundalini yoga, which was really helpful for me on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you you wrote to me that you had discovered the complete natural medicine guide to breast cancer. Is that what brought you into kundalini? Yes. And even though there is no kundalini yoga in that book, at the back of the book, it gave a link to a woman that was uh, a healthy breast practitioner in my neighborhood. And we became friends. And it turns out she's a Kundalini yoga teacher. And she came to my little backcountry town and taught a workshop. And that was life changing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Getting in touch with my intuition and what my body was trying to tell me my body's wisdom that that was the biggest gift that kundalini yoga gave me uh, among so many but it was really helpful um to deal with my trauma to deal with my self-awareness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now is there something about kundalini yoga as opposed to all of the other various forms of yoga that you felt was particularly important for your healing Yes, I had been practicing different forms of Hatha yoga for years, mm-hmm. and uh, this felt like um, a rocket ship as opposed to a bus ride. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome analogy. Great. <laughs> I get it right away. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to describe it, and that's kind of how it was described mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of the, the big gifts, and and I don't need to go too much into Kundalini yoga, but I could go on. Um, one of the big gifts that it gave to me was an awareness that my body was worth healing, mm. which was really profound for me. Um, Self worth. Mm-hmm. It really streamlined that knowledge for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you did send me a list of some of the things that you felt contributed to developing breast cancer. And one of the things that you wrote down was low self-esteem and internalizing anger and strong emotions. Yes. And when I started realizing the depth of what those factors can do in my body, what what I was doing to myself, It actually felt really empowering because if I'm doing it, then I can change it. Absolutely. You're not a victim. That's exactly right. And and it's ongoing. You know, that's 10 years later. I'm still noticing how how I respond to stress, how I respond to trauma. It's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a little later, I want to ask you, you know, what it is that you are continuing to do to stay healthy. Great. So it's my understanding that you did have surgery. How did that all come about? I First of all, I want to say I have a team. Yes. You know, and it changes, but um, very important to have a team. So I have acupuncturists, I have counselors, different friends. Um, so I had a few naturopaths. 
on my team. And Satdaram Kar, we were in constant uh, communication. She was the author of the Complete Natural Medicine Guide to Breast Cancer. Mm -hmm. After two years, my, my lump was continuing to grow. Okay. So it was two years later. My lump was continuing to grow very slowly, but I just felt it wasn't I, I, it wasn't diminishing. Okay. So she suggested to me, she said to me, it was a golden moment. She said, sometimes your surgeon is your angel. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, that was important mm -hmm. for me to hear. Mm -hmm. That touched me deeply. And because I trust her, I heard her. She was right. Did that help you to feel like it was okay? Like you weren't copying out you know, trying to work with, with alternative therapies, that it was okay for you to have surgery. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was still terrifying. Mm -hmm. And then I, a friend recommended a surgeon and I went to see her. I was ready to, I had my little handkerchief and I was ready to, you know, cry and feel very <laughs> emotional. And I came out laughing. Oh my goodness. How wonderful. She sounds like a gift. <laughs> She really was. And she, um, she did an excellent job. I've been told mm -hmm. <laughs> I have, you know, and, and when I was coming out of my anesthetic, um, in the, in the operating room, she said to me, she leaned over and she whispered, we got it. <laughs> and I really heard that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what she was feeling behind it, mm -hmm. but I heard it's gone. We did it. it. The cancer is gone. And I really, um, that, that strengthened me in my decision to continue not going to chemotherapy, not having radiation. Um, apparently, my type of cancer, uh, chemotherapy was effective, would be effective 5% of the time. Ooh, that's not a very good... So I felt I was off the hook anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, you had also told me, which I think is important for the listeners to know, that even though the tumor was still there after two years of, of the work that you had done, and it had, but it had grown slowly, and that normally your, your allopathic uh, surgeon said that, uh, let's see, what did you write to me? That it had grown surprisingly slow considering the aggressive diagnosis and that it seemed contained in not a tentacled mass. That's right. I mean, that's, that's what I appreciated about my interview with this surgeon. Um, she acknowledged everything I'd done. There was no fear. And she was amazed that Considering it had been two years later, my cancer had grown very, very slowly. And so I was I was really encouraged by that. Mm -hmm. I, I felt I was seen, you yes. know? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Really. So what are you, okay, so we're 10 years out now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's see, I had another question. If someone were to ask you, uh where where should they start? Say they had just been diagnosed with a breast cancer and they're confused, they're scared, and there's just all this information out there. You know, how would you just sit down as a friend to friend? How, how would you share with them? What would you share with them? Well, I, I would ask them if they have any sense 
of an intuitive knowing about about what they see for themselves for their healing. I mean, they might not. That's a big question. Yes, it is. But trusting, like, oh, maybe they found this book and they're drawn to it. Trust that your intuition about about all the options that are coming to you. And I'm, I can't say that I did all the time, but the Gerson therapy, I just had this feeling like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, since I had my surgery, I became a healthy breast practitioner with the healthy breast program. Um, yes, please tell us a little bit about that. I think that's important. It is. I, I Satdaram Kar developed a program and a foundation called Mam Alive. How do you spell that? And M-A-M-M-A-L-I-V-E, Mam Alive. And the website is mamalive.net. Okay, great. We'll have that on the website too. Great, yeah. And uh, it's an incredibly well-researched, beautiful website, very accessible, with lots of information of preventative things one can do. And it also works with in conjunction with allopathic medicine. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really comprehensive, incredibly researched, constantly revised her, uh, I would call it cutting edge. Mm-hmm. May I ask what's her uh, take on mammograms? She recommends that, um, well, she does a comparison from all the modalities of detection, and mammograms have a very high risk. Mm-hmm. There's there's risk factors That's my involved. Feeling, yes, and the pros are so few, and and to this day, I have not had a mammogram, so that. That's my experience of mammograms. My surgeon didn't even need me to have a mammogram, whereas I felt with other allopathic doctors that I had come across, they they really wanted that from mm-hmm. me and well, the, put fear in me. There yeah, are other that. there are other ways of of diagnosing without a mammogram. Is it what's the other one called? Is it radio? Oh. Thermo- thermography. thermography, right? That's what's been recommended, as far as I know. Yeah, you know, there's that's far less invasive mm-hmm. for sure. absolutely, and it can also, um, you know, there's so many things to learn about the the different diagnostic options out there. It can give you a, a scare. It can show you that you're possibly prone to cancer mm-hmm. when there is no, you know, it, it can cause a lot of anxiety, thermography. So it's really important to do your research and, and there's so much to research. That is why I found the Mammalive um, website and the Healthy Breast program to be so informative. Mm-hmm. It made sense to me and it was very clear, very accessible. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm glad she's done that. I'm going to check that out. I know, oh, how long has it been now? It's been quite a few years, but the last mammogram I had, they came back after squeezing my boobs and said, I have very dense breasts and they had to do it again. And they squashed my poor breasts so hard. It hurt so much. I said, that was it. I'm never doing this again. 
Well, that you need to trust that. And and I actually have spoken to quite a few women who feel that way, Janine. And I'm glad that you made that choice. You can also have a sonogram, a breast sonogram, mm-hmm. ultrasound. And, you know, that's that's far less invasive. And at least it can show you there is a lump or it's all clear. You know, it, it's, it's actually quite accurate. Okay. It's not a definitive... Mammograms can't definitively diagnose breast cancer. Right. That's very important. The only way to diagnose breast cancer is through a needle biopsy. Mm -hmm. Allopathically, that is the only way. So I did do that. And as you you mentioned, that was painful, but I got my diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So so thermography and breast sonogram are two... Uh, ways of of preventive care or whatever you want to call it, it rather than a mammogram. Okay. Exactly. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad we brought that up because I think it's important because so many women feel that they, it's kind of drummed into you that you have to have regular mammograms and there are other things you can do. I I've done a lot of reading and research and I'm just so against mammograms. I'm pretty scary actually. And there's a lot of faults uh, false positive. Um, yeah, that's right. Jeanine. Okay. So what are you continuing to do 10 years later to help keep yourself healthy? Uh, okay. I make sure I sleep in a dark room. And why is that? Because I want to keep my melatonin, which okay. is a hormone that replenishes itself in the nighttime right. in the dark. You need that. And that's that really mm-hmm. protects us mm-hmm. against breast cancer. Um, now, that so also means your, your clock radio I, and all of that, Not none of that light. So exactly. what we do, because we also sleep in a dark room, I like to have a white noise going. Um, and it's on my iPod and it's in a speaker thing. But I put a washcloth over it so that there's no light that comes out. But oh, we still have our, we still have our, uh, really? what do I do? I do uh, thunderstorm, uh, ocean waves, and brook. I put them all together into a really nice <laughs> white noise background. And it's it's also like six feet away from the bed. And yeah, we just cover it so that there isn't any light coming from it. And well the done. clocks that, that we have perfect. on either side of the bed are just little battery things that um, you have to press uh, a button to light them up to see what time it is. So there's no light coming off of those either. Just ideas for people. Perfect, Jimmy. Yeah, really mm-hmm. good and really important. It, it's really important. I try and exercise wow, good 40 for you, minutes girl. a day. You oh. know, increases your, I don't always, but if I do, wow, do I feel good. And, you know, for so many reasons, increasing your oxygen, Balancing your pH, mm-hmm. uh, your mood, you know, dealing with toxic mm-hmm. emotions, like it, it, it just goes on. I take a supplement of vitamin D because <laughs> we live up here in Canada and <laughs> the vitamin D from the sun right. is not as available. Um, I supplement mm-hmm. with, with vitamin These D. These are all great suggestions, Three. by the way. Keep going. Yeah, and uh, I I eat primarily an organic vegetarian diet. There's reasons to avoid animal products. 
even organic homegrown meat has, um, we all do, we have a hormone in our bodies, IGF-1, which is a growth hormone and it, it exists naturally in us. And so when we eat meat, it also contains naturally IGF-1 hormone. And that is one of the number one causes if you have cancer cells in your body, it can accelerate the growth of those cancer cells. So right. The, right. this is if you're at risk, you know, and, and intuitively, you know, if you feel you need to eat meat, then there, there may be a really important reason you need to do that. So, so these are, these are suggestions mm -hmm. and, and this is what I do. Um, I add freshly ground flax seeds to my, my food. Mm -hmm. And what is in the flax seeds that you feel is important? <laughs> well, it really helps cleanse my liver. It really helps mm -hmm. with my elimination, uh, specifically of cancer-causing hormones. And it's so, important to point out yep. that flax seeds need to be ground. If you eat them whole, it doesn't have the same effect. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And freshly ground is is what I do. I don't store ground flax seeds. I just mm -hmm. so grind them up fresh. So do you use a, like, a little time. coffee grinder or something that you? Mm -hmm. I I do. Well, actually, I ah. put it in my Vitamix and grind that up first, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. throw in everything else. Um, Turmeric is an anti-inflammatory. Very important. Having an inflammatory condition in our body can lead to cancer. So lots of turmeric or taking a supplement. I don't drink alcohol, but it's suggested to drink uh, no more than three alcoholic mm -hmm. beverages a week. So do what you're going to do, but um, alcohol raises our insulin level, taxes our liver if we're dealing with right. a risky cancer situation. Uh, so I abstain from plastic, trying to eliminate plastic yes, in my yes. life. Very difficult, but... You know, it has those xenoestrogens, which are the type of estrogen that come from the environment and create havoc inside our bodies, creating a hormonal imbalance, numerous things about that. I don't, uh, I, I'm very careful with all of my bathing products, my cleaning products, nail polish, toothpaste, shampoo not wanting to mm -hmm. ingest parabens. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of research done about that. Um, and I try and get into mm -hmm. a sweat or a sauna every week because most of our toxins, uh, heavy metals, toxins, mm -hmm. uh, we release mm -hmm. them through our skin. So that's mm -hmm. a really important thing that I do. I mm -hmm. pray every day. <laughs> I take a lot more self-care than I used to ongoing. I really uh, try and pay attention to the messages that I, mm -hmm. my self conversations. And I really try and focus on the health in my body and in my life. I have to say those are really that that's an ongoing deepening. So keeping process, the stress but, down. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, keeping the stress down, <laughs> not easy in a busy house, but I, I keeping the stress down or right. my that's response even more important because that's what you have definitely have control over. There are some things that 
we don't have control over in the moment. Maybe in the future we do, or but in the now, what we have control over is how we respond to things. Exactly. And also um, really envisioning my future so that I can step into the future. I am envisioning what mm-hmm. I want to do in five years. You know, those types of things are, you know, what am I living for? Mm-hmm. That's a really mm-hmm. important question. What am question. I living for? That would be you know? an excellent question for people to write down. And when they have some quiet meditative time to think about that exactly so so those are some of the things i'm working with i became a healthy Mm -hmm. breast practitioner uh educator which really supports me in communicating with other women uh giving me a, a a incredible cause to rise up and you know, it's like my wounded healer is like, dunk it I'm going to share my story. And that's really, I can feel what it does mm-hmm. in my body when I say now, that. Now, why would someone, I personally don't quite know what a healthy breast practitioner does. So why would someone want to go to a health or find a healthy breast practitioner? What What can they expect? They can expect an education in learning how to promote health in their bodies. You can learn, you can even learn what is your mm-hmm. risk of breast cancer? There's so many factors. So that, so then you can, wow, I, I might be a moderately at risk, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. good information rather than, Oh, am I, I wonder if I'm going to develop this or, you know, there's, there's some concrete things you can do. We're working on developing a program for young women, which we have, which feels because a lot of risk factors start in our younger years, Mm -hmm. specifically in puberty, when our hormones are going through their changes. So it's so empowering to know that there's Mm -hmm. things that we can do. There's threats from the environment. Threats from everywhere. You know, our water. From everywhere. And so I would say that would be why someone would want to go and learn from a healthy breast educator. There's things we can do to protect ourselves mm-hmm. and so where that we might can thrive. find a healthy breast practitioner? Well, there's listings on the website for healthy practitioners all over the world. When we have our meetings, there's women in China, women in Brazil, Europe, India. It's it's wonderful how far this is going. And uh, so all over the world, wherever you are. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty cool. And the website is? Mammalive, M-A-M-M-A-L-I-V-E dot net. Awesome. Wow, I really had not planned on going through all of these wonderful ideas and thoughts that you have to stay healthy and what you're doing. And I'm so glad you did because, at least from my perspective, everything that you mentioned I think is is important for someone who is at risk or feels they're at risk or is recovering or just wants to be healthier. 
That's right, Janine. I'm so grateful that you gave me the chance. Well, I am too. I'm really, really glad that we did this. And thank you so much. I really honor your courage and your decision to follow the course of action that you truly felt was right for you and to trust it. Thank you, Janine. Oh, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah, for me too. I'm pumped. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, I just, I'm going to be 57 this year, so Mm -hmm. I'm ready for the next 57. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janine. Take care. You too. Next up is Jenny Badger. Jenny has been around life-threatening illness for most of her life. One of her earliest childhood memories is finding her mom collapsed unconscious in their family shop. Her mother had type 1 diabetes. This was in the 60s, and it wasn't uncommon to find her mother collapsed on the floor and to have to bring her back around with a hypo. From a very early age, Jenny learned how to cope in life-threatening situations. This became a pattern throughout her life, always the girl who's there to help in a life-threatening situation. Jenny is the one who will get you to the hospital in the nick of time. She's helped people of all ages with all types of illness, just to name a few, perforated kidney, heart attacks, diabetes, burst appendix, gallbladder, and numerous forms of cancer. Supporting people with life-threatening illness has become Jenny's true calling in life. Over the last seven years, she's been supporting friends and loved ones with various forms of cancer. She's had to learn how to help someone who is suffering from cancer and sift through the huge amount of conflicting information that's out there. It became clear to Jenny that the people who get back to wellness and have radical remissions seem to have a common thread in what they do. So she put together her own program to help cancer patients, and this has become her current website, and it's a brand new one, shiningbright.com. And I'm looking forward to learning more about it. Welcome, Jenny. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. You really are an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. So why don't you start by sharing more, in more detail, your experiences helping and supporting people in acute distress, and then we can talk about Shining Bright and what you hope to accomplish with your website. Would you like to start with Sam's story? Yeah, sure. Great. Okay. Um, Well, Sam is my partner, Mm -hmm. and um, we got together um, X amount of years ago, but Mm -hmm. um, after our first year of dating... Um, Sam got diagnosed with leukemia and it, mm. once you know my life story that's quite a normal thing that somebody close to me gets diagnosed with some, something serious fairly soon on mm-hmm. so he got diagnosed with leukemia would have been back in 2013 mm-hmm. and we started down that journey I didn't know anything about leukemia at the time I knew a little bit about different forms of cancers but not that one in particular and Sam was a real, you know, pie, chips and beer type of guy, real Aussie, you know. Yeah. And I should say, you are living in Australia, I didn't mention Yeah, that. absolutely. So, but yeah, a real Aussie guy, you know, chuck it on the barbie, the bigger the slice of beef, the better type thing. I've, I've been vegetarian for years. And years oh my goodness. Organics and the rest of it. But I thought, that's okay, it can work. We can make mm-hmm. it work. But anyway, so he got diagnosed and we go off to the doctor. Well, to begin with, actually, he didn't even tell me. He just went, oh, I've got this minor blood thing. And then I go, I'll come with you to the doctor and find out exactly what it was because he was so vague. 
Mm. And then we rock up at this cancer center. And I'm thinking, well, it's got to be cancer if we go in here. And he went, oh, no, because it's just the doctor. This is where he operates from. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that can't be right, surely. But I'm like, okay, well, if, okay. Because he's a specialist, a blood specialist. It's just this is where he works. I said, all right. So we go in and the doctor's talking to us. And at some point he mentions leukemia. And I said, uh, so you mean leukemia as in cancer leukemia? And he says, uh, yes. And he looks at me like I'm really thick because you know, I'm in a cancer centre surrounded by people with cancer who look like they've got cancer. And Sam's oh. just sat there smiling. Going, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. He goes, I'm just going to have a bit of chemo and then we're all going to be good. Wow. And the doctor kind of went along with that. And I'm like, so, he, so sorry, sorry, explain to me exactly what he's got and how we're going to work with this. The doctor goes on about, well, he needs chemo. Are we going to start with that? And then, you know, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, we, you need to see the nurse. Um, she'll explain everything to you of how it all works, what drugs, that type of thing. So Sam sat there in his little bubble of being completely happy and just like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Chemo, it's just like a little drug. He said, they told me it's probably tablets. And I'm oh, thinking, God. you've got no concept here of what you're about to do to yourself. So we go off and we find the nurse and she starts talking to us about, you know, all the different things of chemo and the side effects and all the things that can happen. And Sam gets a little bit more on board with it. Like, oh, that sounds a bit more than what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm just like, really? Uh, so anyway, he starts chemo and he, he embraces everything. He says, oh, it's going to be no big deal. Just drop me off at the hospital. I'll stay there on my own. You can pick me up um, so many hours later. And I'm thinking, oh, I really think that someone should be with you. He's like, no, 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 it's all good. So he goes in and he has his first chemo and it's terrible, quite uh, frankly. Uh. Yeah, he had um, a fit because it was so toxic. Oh, my God. It was oh. just dreadful. So he had spent it up like, oh, I think it was 12 hours, which should oh have been goodness. a couple of hours because he was so ill. But uh, <sighs> that, that should have been a warning, really, of how mm -hmm. it was going to go. So we see the doctor after and he says, no, no, it's okay. It's just, you know, his body's shocked. And I'm thinking, this can't be right. You know, putting that much poison inside you, it can't be doing you any good. But the doctor's reassuring us. And I'm talking to him about alternatives, saying, well, what about like organics? And do you think, you know, he needs to look at his diet because he's still drinking alcohol and, you know, he eats a lot of sugar. And the doctor's going, no, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Just let the chemo do its thing. You, you need to sit back and let me do what I do. I was like, okay. So we carry on. He has the next chemo a month later. And he's not well for the whole of the month, which is not surprising after chemo. Right. And he goes back in. And again, he has another fit within minutes of them starting to pump it into him. <sighs> so their answer to that is that it's, it's okay. Don't worry. We're just going to do it slower. And I'm thinking, this can't be right. Wow. So an hour and a half treatment turns into 10 to 12 hours each time. Again? Oh, my again. God. Sam's still adamant that this is the way forward because he doesn't believe in organics or, you know, anything that isn't what the doctor tells you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so <clears throat> that carries on. Anyway, he has seven treatments over six months and they keep saying, we're going to do more because it's really not working. I'm like, there has to be a point when we stop doing this. Yeah, because, really? So, so yeah. why would you keep doing more if it's not working? Do it's something else. God. Yeah. It's like uh. he's only getting a partial response. He's having a, almost you know, a full-on fit every single time you do this, even though you've now slowed it down to 12 hours from two hours. You know, this, this is not going well for him. And Sam is looking awful. And as he sits there, you can see him changing colour into this, like, yellowy yuck. Mm. So it's like, what oh, are we my doing? God. 
So at the end of it, we just said, look, we don't think it's worth having another one. And the doctor said, yeah, do you know what? I think you're probably right. So his blood levels were terrible. He's feeling terrible after all the chemo that he's had. And that they just want to do more tests, but they can't come up with what they can do next because there's no other treatment. The doctor's like, well, I, I don't really know what to suggest you. And by that time, we were panicking, just thinking, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? So then um, we start looking at different things. I'm online frantically looking up everything I can find to do with leukemia and how to help and what we can do. And I start looking into organics. I start finding, There's hundreds of different websites out there that talk to you about cancer. But I kept thinking, well, who are these people? <clears throat> Are they um, legit, really? What training they had? You know, what do they know? How do, how do I know what they say is going to work? That's the problem with the internet. I mean, it's yes. awesome. There's so much information out there, but that's also the problem. You know, what do you pay attention to and, and what don't you pay attention to? How do you decide? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And especially when you're faced with something so serious as cancer, you're in such a panic well, it, it's such a, it's a meme that carries with it, you know, yeah. a death, a death sentence. So absolutely. So as soon as you get that diagnosis, you're, you know, you're screwed. Yeah, because absolutely. the way that most people go are chemo and radiation. And that's it. And if you survive the chemo, great. And if you don't, well, unlucky. Yeah, it's terrible. We spoke to our oncologist um, at length about what else can we do, that there has to be some way that you can help us. Because he said, you know, after the chemo, he said, there's really nothing that I can offer. And Sam's going, but there's got to be drug trials. There's, there's got to be other things. You can't just say that this is it after, you know, seven months of you telling me, oh, it, it'll work. Don't worry. You can't just change your tune. And he said, well, you know, sometimes people just don't respond and that's how it is. Mm -hmm. So he's not. So I was like, well, surely there are these alternatives. Do you know of any alternatives that I can look up? And he went, oh, no, I don't know anything about that. Good so, heavens. I know. I couldn't wow. believe it. So <laughs> I, I thought, well, you're not helping me with this journey and all this research at all, are you? And we spoke to nurses as well at the cancer center. And they were the same. They were like, oh, no, we don't know anything. So I was like, what about organics? I've been reading this stuff online. What do you think? And they're like, oh, well, you, you could try. But, you know, no, we don't we don't know anything about it, so we can't recommend it. So anyway, I think we have got nothing to lose at this point. Sam's getting sicker and sicker, looking sicker and sicker, and we're panicking, basically. So I'm ringing up and online everything that I can possibly find and speak to anyone that I can about. Have you tried this? What have you done? What's worked? What hasn't worked? One of the really good sites that I got stuff from, but I thought these people know what they're doing because they were doctors was Hope for Cancer in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And they gave us lots of information on diet and how important diet is, how important supplements are. And <clears throat> they had a like a regime, but you had to go there to get it done. I thought, well, we can't fly to Mexico. So I thought, right, I'm going to start up my own stuff at home. So we started the diet. I, I'd read lots of different information online, but all of it coming back to you must eat organic because you need to detox the body. So I thought, mm -hmm. right, well, there's so much, so many people saying this, that's got to be some credibility to that then. So we'll start with that. So we did, we went organic and remembering that Sam only eats like, you know, slab of meat, chips and beer for him to then come off meat, be vegetarian. Actually, we went vegan. So mm -hmm. it was a bit of a shock to his system. And he, he did struggle with it, to be fair to him, but he persevered. 
no alcohol. We came off sugar. We came off dairy, meat. Um, God, it felt like everything at the time. I think we came off wheat as well at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So poor Sam, he's just like, oh, my God, there's nothing left to eat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, actually, there's quite a lot left to eat. He's like, no, there isn't. There really isn't. (laughs) I know people feel that way when, when they are faced with something and, you know, are forced to change their diet. Yeah. So how old how old was Sam, by the way, when this started, the first di- diagnosed? Uh, I think he was 58. Okay. Yeah, he would have been about 58 when he first okay. got it, which is quite young for the form of leukemia that he has. And what, what is the form? He's got chronic lymphocytic, okay. which did actually help us because the professor that we're under took a personal interest in his case because Sam is much younger. You don't normally get it until late 60s, early 70s. So that did help. So he did a bit more research to help us eventually. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we started on this radical diet and the whole family got on board, the boys as well. So and we all lost weight and we all felt a bit better for it. Sam wasn't convinced, but, you know, it was like, well, we've got to do it. Well, it's nice that everybody participated. I think that 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 makes a big difference. Yeah, that makes a big difference. (laughs) But I have to say that our son, one of them is a power lifter. <laughs> so he was like, oh, my God, there's like no food and no meat. What are we going to do? <laughs> but, when you go out, have a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, that's what we said. We said you just have to eat outside the house if you want to eat meat and whatever you. <laughs> You'll make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I found a herbalist because I'd read heaps online, different different stories of um, supposed cancer survivors, which I'm sure they are. It's just, you, you know, I never checked them out whether they were real or not. Mm-hmm. But they went on and on about you must get supplements um, because even if you eat organic, it's not enough. You've got to detox your system and then you've got to saturate your whole body with nutrients. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. I found this amazing herbalist um, quite local to where we live down in New South Wales. She'd worked with cancer heaps and she said, okay, she took the whole case. She took all of Sam's blood work and came up with a program. But I mean, heaps of supplements. He probably takes about 20 a day and Mm -hmm. still takes them. And here we are years on. But she was amazing. And he started to feel better, which of course you would do when you're, you know, on organics, eating really well and just saturating your whole body. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and that made a big difference to what was going on. In between times, um, I'd found someone else online, a lady here, Christine Matheson, and she was doing retreats, um, cancer retreats. So we thought, right, we'll go on one of those. So off we went, and uh, we did like a four-day retreat, and I got heaps of information from her all about exercise and diet, eating raw food. So we then went 80% raw and 20% cooked food, Poor old Sam's just like, oh, my God, this is getting worse by the minute. This food. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I know. <laughs> but I'm like, look, it has to be done. Come on. So we did that, and that helped a lot too. Slowly, he started to feel better. I and mean, it took months. We did six months of being vegan, and his bloods didn't change at all. And we were just like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? And the hospital were really putting the pressure on, just saying, you know, we can't offer you anything. But, you know, Sam's getting worse and worse. And he, he, his lymph nodes are so swollen, but his kind of face just joins his shoulders at that oh, time. Oh, my so, goodness. But his eyes and his skin started to improve and his hair started to grow. And it, 
So he looked well apart from his lymph nodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and it does take time for cells to to yeah. die off and you know and and turn over. Yeah, it doesn't absolutely. just happen in a week or two. It it can take quite a while. We were looking for like a miracle overnight cure. You know, can we do <laughs> three weeks of juicing and then he's going to be well? Is what I was thinking at the time. <laughs> Well, that's probably good that you were. You might not have uh, gone on this strenuous venture if you thought, if you knew what it, all it was going to take. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and in between times, after we did the raw food retreat, um, Sam saw a program here on TV about um, just like a newsflash about this drug that was um, being trialed in Australia. So we went back to the oncologist and just said, look, we've heard of this trial. And he said, ah, oh. he said, actually, it's not being tried here. He said, it's been designed in Australia, but it's been trialed in America. And drug trials don't cross continents, so you can't go on it. And we went, well, you know, you, surely you've got to do better than that. We need help here. We're doing everything we can our end. And he didn't really take on board what we were doing. He's like, oh, yeah, juicing and vegan and doing your supplements. He wasn't rude, but he was verging on being rude. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. Anyway, we pushed him and said, please, can you find out more about this drug? We want to know. And at that point, we just thought, well, we'll have to go to America then. We'll have to do something. So luckily, he managed to get Sam onto this trial, which was a miracle. And it was only because of Sam's age that they said, okay, we'll let you do it and we'll let it cross continents. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, but I have to say, all the way along with doctors in Australia, and I'm sure there are some great doctors out there, but you have to push and you have to do your own research because otherwise you just kind of get into this system right. that d- doesn't see you as an individual. So you mm-hmm. really do have to stick your neck out. But it was worth it. So he started the drug trial along with the supplements or the diet and exercise that we were doing. Now, what was the drug? Um, Ibrutinib. Hmm, and it's that. Yeah, it was, say, brand new back in, I would have been probably 2014 then, I think. What was it supposed to do? Um, It was supposed to reduce his lymphocyte um, count, so his white blood cells, which were um, the overgrowth for his leukemia. Mm -hmm. It would take them down to a normal um, level. Okay. And because his bloods, um, by the time he went on it, it only just dropped a tiny amount with all the organics. Okay. We took it, and it helped massively. Within 10 days, Sam's bloods were coming good. They were almost wow. back to a normal level. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, Sam's like, oh, I don't really want to do all this um, diet and everything else. Now I've got this. This will be the answer. <laughs> Everybody like, wants to go the easy route. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think we have to do both to really, you know, embrace it and make it work. You know, this is your body we're talking about. You've just come back from near death. Let's, you know, not just go back to beer and chips. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh. But he wasn't overly happy. So anyway, he didn't stay with the diet. He sort of fell off the wagon and got back, um, not so much the meat, but beer started appearing every now and then and chocolate and just poor eating habits, really. Mm-hmm. And then all these side effects started to happen to him. So And Sam was very fit. He was a keen cyclist and he plays tennis every week. And he was in so much pain in his joints that he had to stop all his exercise. And we thought, well, that's mm. no good. Now, did this start happening when he changed his diet back to... Yeah, absolutely. When he started uh, changing it back to, you know, beer and chips. Okay. 
So, and I kept saying, well, you know, I really think we need to do something. Let's get back to the, the juices again. And he's like, oh, he was really resistant. So eventually the pain became so bad and we kept seeing the herbalist and she was giving him more and more um, supplements. But, and they did help a bit, but it wasn't enough. So we decided, right, let's just kick it into touch and let's do juicing again, full on. Let's go back to being vegans and let's get strict. And we did. And within, I think it was like two weeks, he, all the pain, he had severe pain in his hands. He couldn't hold a tennis racket, had gone. Wow. So that was the point that he thought, okay, I can get on board with this now. He needed proof that mm-hmm. it kind of worked. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's what we did, basically. We then, I said, well, I think we need to look more into your lifestyle, not just diet and supplements. There's got to be more to this. And I'd read heaps online about um, meditation, getting in touch with your um, spirituality and your intuition. Mm -hmm. And Sam is quite intuitive, but he wouldn't really put it down to that. He'd just go, oh, it's just a knowing. No, I don't know. As I say, he's a real Aussie bloke. (laughs) so you talk about meditation and relaxation he just kind of looks at you like yeah whatever (laughs) that's funny so I I got him some cds I thought well he won't listen to me if I I was a meditation teacher years ago so I could have taught Mm -hmm. him but I thought no there's no way that he's gonna go on board with that so I bought him a couple of tapes and he used to play them just before he got into bed and put his headphones on they used to send him to sleep and he quite liked that because it used to make him drift off Mm mm-hmm so he, he got into using that morning and night. So then I thought, right, let's have a look at um, some subliminal programming um, mm-hmm. and see if there's anything, you know, you need to change or that you want to change. And he got on board with his, the health, looking at new health, new ways of being, new ways of thinking around health, which helped him with the diet because, you know, he struggled all the way along not eating mm. his meat. Mm-hmm. So he managed to change that and now loves eating salads. He's like a different bloke completely. Oh, interesting. Yeah. but So that was using subliminals. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. subliminal techniques. Because mm-hmm. for him, you know, food, he's Italian, so food is such a feature in our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it was I get a real it. Deep, you know, and food is everything to us. We um, entertain an awful lot. There's always people here, and we're always cooking. So to serve somebody some, like, vegetarian dish, which would be lovely – um, you could see that Sam would almost be a bit embarrassed because it's not like a decent meatball was covered in cheese <laughs> and, you know, like his, like Nonna would make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the subliminal program really helped because he got on board and he just thought, oh, my God, these, this is actually really lovely food. It changed a, his belief system at a deep enough level for him, which was great, really, really great. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. And then we, I got him into, like, comedies. I wanted to look at his stress levels. Um Sam um, has a very stressful job, mm-hmm. and part of that, I'm sure, played a big part in his cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really do. And he's around chemicals a lot, which didn't really help. Right. But um, So we started watching comedies, and Sam is a pretty upbeat type of guy. But I thought if he can just start laughing and being quite lighthearted with everything, that's also going to help with his blood levels and getting back to who he really is. And Absolutely. he did. So we made um, – we started watching comedies we, in the morning when we get out of bed. We try mm-hmm. and watch something on um, Facebook or, I don't know, just a little five-minute comedy sketch of somebody that we like, mm-hmm. so just to start the day off laughing, so, you know, into a positive f- frame of mind. Yeah, and we've gone from there. And over 
this X amount of years that it's been, he's come good. Now That's he's awesome. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, we're, we still stick to it. We still do six juices a day. We eat organic. Uh, we're not 100% vegan. We have introduced a little bit of cheese, and we do have eggs, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we don't have meat as such. He still takes his supplements. We go back to the hospital every month and get him checked. You know, we do everything. He does his exercise um, at least 30 minutes, um, three or four times a week minimum. He generally does more, to be honest. He still mm-hmm. does his meditation tapes, not as regularly, but, I mean, fairly regularly, like a couple of times a week at least. Yeah, and wow. he's embracing life. So it, it's changed. It's changed everything. And he, he's well. Interestingly enough, the oncologist is still not that interested in everything that we do, even though he's told us on numerous times that Sam is so much better than every other person that's now on this program. They wow. less side effects. Yeah. I was going to ask you that, if you've been in touch with him and what his response was. So he's not interested. Well, wow. He's just not interested. He just says, I don't know what you do. And I, and I go, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, and I'm desperate to talk to him about it. But he's like, oh, no, it's okay. Just keep doing whatever it is. So there's just no interest there at all. But that's okay. Isn't that amazing, though? I mean, really, when when he had given up hope, right, and you found other other things to do, and he's not interested. I just find that quite interesting. It is, truly. It's not just him. It's a number of different medical doctors and nurses. But in... In their defense, I honestly think they're so overworked and they just haven't got time to be looking into anything else. Well, that is that is the problem. I know yeah. with my thyroid adrenal issues, the whole thing is very complex. And unless they take an interest in learning more besides just giving you medication or antidepressants because it's pretty depressing yeah, to feel like absolutely. shit all the time. Um, yeah. y- you know, y- you have to find somebody. That's why I'm, I'm so excited about functional medicine and doctors and nurses and nutritionists who practice functional medicine, because that really is getting at the core of what's going on. You know, when a doctor only has 50, and I've said this before, when he's only got 15 or 20 minutes, he or she to spend with you, it's pretty much... Uh, going to be writing a script and there for for symptoms you know it's not the there's nothing nothing there that's going to cure or heal whatever is going on with you it's just it's just a band-aid for symptoms well they're not really looking at the causes no exactly I I don't want to sound anti-doctor because I'm not they have their place in medicine and I believe that cancer Mm -hmm. has to be approached from a holistic viewpoint so they do need to be part of your team absolutely Mm-hmm. And, you know, if chemo works for you then, and you feel, you know, your intuition says it's the right thing to do, I think you should do it. But for, for us and for me personally, I don't think that I would take chemo or radiation myself. But that's only since um, all the research that I've done over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, he is very lucky to have you <laughs> as, <laughs> as his advocate and as his support person. I tell him every day. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet you do. So so what are some of the other kinds of issues that you've, you've dealt with with people and have had to do research and to be there for them and to help them with alternative kinds of uh, treatment? 
Well, there's been heaps of different people with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say there's been, I've had two close friends, very close friends, who've both had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And they were actually before um, Sam got diagnosed. Okay. So I'd already done a fair bit of research, but only into breast cancer. And obviously, you know, each cancer has its own, is, is its own illness, I should say, or mm-hmm. disease. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so I, do, I, I already knew about the whole detoxing that, you, you know, you need to detox your body of chemicals. That was mm-hmm. the most important thing to start with. And then, you know, you need your supplements. You need to get onto organics. Um, looking at exercise, strengthening your body, strengthening your immune system, looking at emotional and mental issues. Like mm-hmm. what's caused cancer really? And I say to people all the time, what do you think? What, why do you think you've got this? And they'll, often they come back um, with, oh, well, you know, maybe I just got it. But when, they, when you start really talking to them, they mm-hmm. go, well, actually, you know, my mum died and it was a terrible period in my life and I never really got over it. Or there's some kind of emotional or mental issue in their life at some stage that they're still holding on to. Mm-hmm. So it's more than just being full of chemicals, I think. Yes, yes, yes. You know, there's I agree. mental and emotional levels that sit with it as well. And you I really believe that you have to look at all aspects to be able to really cure yourself of cancer and to heal mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Yeah, and it's just digging in, really, and seeing what is it that um, causes. And most people, when they get quiet and ask themselves, they do have that clear sense, and they do know how to heal it. So they'll come up and they'll think, well, you know, I need to look at um, how I can work with this grief that I'm holding. Mm-hmm. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, then in that case, you need to go off and you need to find someone that can work with you to release the grief, along with all the diet and the supplements and the exercise. So, mm-hmm. It just depends, I suppose, where you think your cancers come from within your body, if you look at it holistically. Yes. And, you know, you just reminded me, I hadn't thought of this in a long time, but I remember when I was a a registered nurse that oftentimes cancer or, you know, some kind of life-threatening illness would surface after a crisis. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because we do have cancer. I mean, we have cancer cells in our body all the time. Yeah, And our immune system is able to deal with it and handle it. But then you get some kind of a crisis and your immune system becomes weak. And yeah. Yeah. And then it can take hold. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. So you decided to put together a website, which I think is pretty cool. Well, because... Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, how did you, what made you decide to do that? Well, it was so stressful at the beginning when Sam was so sick. And there are so many websites and bits of information out there. And as I said, you don't know whether these people know what they're talking about or that they don't. It's like, you know, who are they? Right. So I just thought after working out our own program mm-hmm. of what I thought was working and then, you know, was is working for Sam, I thought, right, it's time to put something together and start going with that. I'd already told other people, the two people with breast cancer, look, this, this is the type of thing that I think you should be doing. And then for Sam, it's like, right, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, right, like, it's time to do it. I know that these work. 
So we, I've got evidence. I've got two people who've survived breast cancer and, and really well people. It's not like no. they've just, you know, come through the ringer and they're not okay. They're not. They're, they're fit and healthy and living life to the fullest, looking no, good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And Sam's very well. So it's like, right, these things actually work. So I decided, right, it's time to step up, set up Shining Bright and put it out there. And then after I'd done all my programs together and I decided to formalize it, I then mm-hmm. read um, – Oh, what's her name? The lady, uh, Kelly Turner's book. That's it. Radical remission. Mm-hmm. And she was mm-hmm. she was a PhD student who put together. She did lots of research on cancer, mm-hmm. and she put together this whole program of people who seem to come through um, to get to a radical remission. All do these things in a set pattern. It doesn't matter what order. And I thought, oh my god, that's exactly what we do. It's the juicing, <laughs> the organics, the, the supplements. The exercise, the looking at um, your intuition and meditation, um, reducing stress, all that type of stuff. And I thought that's exactly the same. So that really like pushed me forward because I thought, okay, someone's actually researched this and they're standing there and saying this stuff definitely works. So I thought, right, let's do it. So, yeah, I did. Put Good it together. for you. What do you hope to accomplish with your website? What's the end goal? I want to put the information out there that what you need to do to help yourself. As I say, I do believe in doctors, but I believe that you need a whole team of people to help you with cancer and you need to be supported on every level. And you can't just do one thing, I believe. If you're just going to do the medical route, I don't think it's enough mm-hmm. um, to live well at the end of it. I mean, I'm sure you would get you know, a cure and you'll be okay, but if you want to live life well, then I really think you need to get on board. You need to look at, you know, nutrition, supplements, exercise, meditation, following your intuition, reducing stress, all of those things, they all play a role in how you're going to be afterwards. Mm -hmm. And are those all topics that are covered in your website? Absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So I'll do it in three sections. It's like the physical health, the mental well-being, and the emotional healing. And I really think you need to look at all three to get a really good result. Well, I would agree. And I, I've always felt that a health team is important. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I just had, I, I just had my, uh, the thought go through. It went in one side of my head and out the other. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, and, and so the multi-pronged approach, the health team and, um, wow. Okay, well, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll come back to me. That Actually, to me all the time. You know, but since, um, well, I'm always giving a plug for true wisdom, true immunity. But but since I have done that, my brain fog for about three months now has been totally gone, and I just realized that this has not been happening to me very much anymore. It used okay. to happen to me constantly. Um, And this is the first time it's actually happened in a while. So that's a new realization for me. That's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Now, so if people go to your website, do you have resources? Can they work with you or or how's it set up? Okay. Uh, Well, all the resources are there. All the information is there so people can read it. So it's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, They can do one-to-one sessions with me. I also run groups, um, Mm. but um, I haven't done a group online. But uh, one, I normally operate via Skype if I'm doing one-to-ones. Mm-hmm. There's links to other websites as well if they want to go and research even further, which I'm sure most people would want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I say we set up sessions, and I basically step them through 
each stage of the process. So one by one, we look at their lifestyle, so, you mm-hmm. know, really talk to them about their diet, what they're going to do. And I hold their hands through the whole process. I mean, when you're going from like Sam, who was a meat eater and a beer man into a vegan diet or even a raw vegan diet for X amount of time, it's such a challenge. The cooking, the org- well, not that you cook because it's raw, but, you know, the preparation of the food, mm-hmm. the shopping for the food, having to think about organics and juicing. It's overwhelming, truly. It can be if you're not used to eating oh, that way at all. Totally. So if you've got someone who can sit, go, right, this is what you need to do. This is a shopping list for you. This is the nutrition that you need. Go and speak to a nutritionist. She'll give you a list of the supplements that you need. And just hold their hand through the entire process. Mm-hmm. I said that I do meditation with people. We look at their emotional health. We get them in contact with their intuition. Um, all sorts of stuff. If there's trauma release, um, I'll do that with them. Mm-hmm whatever's needed really and each person is different everyone's got their own story right so what's your background we I didn't ask about that but people might want to know okay so you you've had this practical experience what is your your background training uh, okay Um, I was a holistic therapist in the UK um, for 10 years Mm -hmm. uh, back uh, it would have been about 98 I reckon yeah I started in 98 and, yeah, I, lots of things with emotions and the mind. Um, mm-hmm. I've done all sorts, really. Holistic therapist, lots of energy, different forms of energy healing, emotional healings. Um, yeah, that type of thing, med- meditation teaching. Mm-hmm. And you've done um, – I've had Kate Michaels on. You've done core alignment coach training too, haven't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a few years ago I did yep. that. I know we forget. <laughs> My list is long <laughs> and I forget half the t- about half the things I've done. I'll say absolutely. something and people will go, oh, I never knew that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of forget about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So how can people find you, Jenny? If they go to shining-bright.com, the information's there. Great. So everybody remember to put the dash between between. shining and bright. Yeah, it's not an underline. It's a a dash. Okay, great. And also, so you're in Australia. So for those of us who are in North America, um, there's, well, it's three, we, I think we decided three o'clock Pacific time is nine in the morning the next day. So just if yeah, people nine are trying in Queensland or in ten Queensland. o'clock in New South Wales. Right. So so if people are wanting to connect with you, they just have to keep in mind the that time difference. Sure. Well, they can just drop me an email and we can work out the times. It's no problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have worked with people in America quite a lot. So oh. if, I can be time zone challenged, it has to be said. <laughs> Since I've got this new app on my phone, it's all good. (laughs) Maybe that's what I need to get. I have enough trouble. My sister lives in the Eastern time zone. In just those three hours, it's very hard for me to, you know, I'll think of calling her and I'll go, oh, shoot, too late. (laughs) Or it's just, it's for some reason, even those three hours are a challenge for me. We travel a lot. So we're all over Australia. So I'm constantly in different time zones. So this new app has like saved my life, I tell you. Oh, that's great. How many time zones are there in Australia, anyway? Oh, I don't know. Is it three? Three. Perth is three hours behind. But then we have daylight saving, which just complicates things. But Queensland doesn't have daylight saving. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, for the time zone challenged, it can be <laughs> oh, quite difficult. Oh, that's great. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm really hoping that people will get in touch with you and utilize all of the, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't. You've done so much work and had so much experience. I hope that others will take advantage of that and learn from you and benefit from you. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, it's been a delight. Thank you. Yeah, it has. A lot of fun. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Keeping It Real with Janine comes out every two weeks. Find our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app where you can rate and review the show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on a great conversation. Show notes can be found on our podcast website, www.realjanine.com, as well as links to guest web pages and their information. You can also leave comments or questions and sign up for the Real Janine mail list to keep up on new episodes. And remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. Do you know a few people who would benefit from my conversation with Jenny Badger? I'll bet you do. Please share the love with them. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well.